You guys excited to get what God has for you tonight? Amen. We kind of started the the overarching service, if you will, kind of setting that expectation because this is what I believe, that there are things that God has for you. He has equipment, he has wisdom, he has impartation, and God doesn't want you to miss out on what he has for you. Amen. Say, I will not miss out on what God has for me. So we've been kind of talking about setting our expectations, setting our expectation in the things of God, and that is what we're going to be talking about tonight, setting our expectation to receive from our God, especially some of you guys that are going to go to camp with us here in the next couple weeks. I want you to get ready. I want you to come with a mentality of knowing I'm going to meet with God. Amen? And those of you that are not going to camp with us, this still applies to you, right? That's right. You can still receive from God whether you go to camp or not. Amen? The beauty of this relationship with God is he can minister to you anywhere and everywhere. Really thought I'd get an amen on there. Yes, amen. That's right. I got one. Amen. He's so awesome. He's so amazing. And this is what, every time that we have an experience or an opportunity to experience God, I want to get the fullness of what he has. I want to get all of the benefits of walking with God. I don't want to miss out on any of it. I want him to be my healer. I want him to be my provider. I want him to be my protector. I want him to be my friend. And that's who God is. He wants to be those things for us. That's part of the package deal that Jesus died to give us. Amen? What's my favorite verse, guys? John 10, 10. Yes, yes. Yes, Ian gets it. I'm super super excited that you're right there on the front row so I can just hit you right here. Yes, yes, super good, super stoked. That's right. He died to give you an abundant life. Jesus came to give you an abundant life. What does that word abundant mean? It means in the full. And if you look it back and you take it back to the Hebrew or the Greek, I guess it's actually technically the Greek in that sense, but it means a super abundant, meaning that it's kind of excessive, meaning it's a lot. Like God wants you to have literally the best life. Now, I'm not saying that a life with God is just going to be easy and life's just going to be, you know, everything's going to go hunky-dory 100% for you all the time. That is not true. But what that really means is it's going to be the best life. The best life for you is a life with God. Amen? And so tonight we're going to be talking out of the book of Mark chapter five specifically. Now, this is a very popular portion of scripture and there's a lot going on in this whole situation here. It kind of starts out with a man named Jairus. He's a synagogue leader of the time, and he's meeting with Jesus because his daughter's very sick, and he's like, yo, bro, Jesus, I need some help. My daughter's about to die. Will you come and lay hands on her and make her well? And Jesus like, I got you, J-Man. I'm coming with you. We're going to your house, and we are going to lay hands on her, and she will be well. That's the expectation that Jairus has in his heart. That's what he knows. He has faith in God. He heard about God. He heard about Jesus. He heard who he was. He heard about the miracles that he did. So his expectation was now set because of what Jesus had told him he would do. Amen? So this this concept of, of setting our expectation in God can actually get us to receive what he has for us. And later on in that story, you will find out that no matter what happened in the midst of him traveling there, his daughter really did end up being well. She really did end up 
saving her life because of Jesus. But the part that we are going to focus on right now is a little bit in the middle of Mark 5. And it was just after Jairus was like, all right, Jesus, let's go. My home is this way. And so they followed down. So we're going to go over to the book of Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 25. And it says, there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, who had suffered much under physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. I feel like that's a very important thing to stay here, is that this woman tried everything that she knew in her natural mind to get better. Anyone else out there, you go to Google, you go to your friends, you go to TikTok, heck, you even go to Snapchat just to figure out if you can figure out something. You know what I mean? You're just like, what will make sense? I'll even go to the dictionary, like a whole hard back dictionary just to figure out what I need to do with my life. Anyone else out there, you're just trying to exhaust all the resources you can, but usually it kind of gets you, you know, you might get somewhere, but it doesn't work for everything, right? So in fact, she was actually much worse then she even began, which is pretty rad. I mean, not rad, pretty sad. Oh gosh, it was pretty sad, not rad. And she exhausted all resources and was actually worse than she began. But she heard about the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said within herself, if I even touch his garments, I will be made well. And when she did that, immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And I love this part right here. His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you and yet you say, who touched me? Basically he's like, who didn't touch you, Jesus? Look around. There are so many people out here everybody's touching you, Jesus. What kind of a question is that? But yet he still looked around to see who did it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease talking about setting an expectation in the things of God, going to him knowing that he has a word for us and we will receive what he has for us, amen? Will you guys bow your heads with me and pray as we get ready to receive tonight? Father God, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in this space, Lord. I just pray that we get exactly what it is that you need for us tonight, God whether that's greater understanding of who you are and what you're supposed to be in our life, or maybe it's a correction within our own heart, or maybe you just give us insight and wisdom or encouragement, whatever it is, God, we wanna get exactly what you have for us. We do not wanna miss out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, we are entering into the summer months. Are you guys excited to be out of school? Yes, yes the crowd goes even crazy. Let's, hear Let's say, we're out of school. That's right, because it's summertime, and it is getting hotter and hotter every single day. We've actually had a pretty decent uh, start to summer. It's been a nice, you know, mild 74 to 78, sometimes 84 degrees. But you guys know very well, if you've been here for any length of time, here in the next couple of weeks, it's going to get real hot real quick. And it's going to be like a blanket when you exit the walls of your home and you're going to get wrapped in the wonderfulness of humidity. 
And you're going to be like, oh gosh, this is awful. But I'm so glad it's summertime. But what I am grateful when it comes to the things of summer is air conditioning. Who's thankful for air conditioning in the room tonight? Me too. Outside of thanking Jesus, when I get to heaven, I'm going to that guy or that girl and being like, you, you, you're a different kind of savior. I appreciate your work and what you did for us. <laughs> He's not the savior, but you know, they're, they're a kind of savior. They helped us, you know what I mean? Like, that's a very awesome thing. I'm so grateful for the person that made air conditioning. I don't exactly know how air conditioning works, all the inside functions, but what I do know is that in this room tonight, we have the air conditioning going. Before service started, I set it to a nice uh, 68 degrees, I think, somewhere in there, because I like it crisp. I like it cool. It might be 70. It might, is it 70? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make a liar out of myself. I set it to a nice 70 degrees, so it's nice and cool in this room. You guys enjoy a nice 70 degree? Would you prefer that we put it to 85? Because Lewis is back there. He can set the thermostat to 85 right now. And we can actually put it on heat 85 and really get things cooking up in here. Why don't you want us to do that? Just because there's a bunch of people? I don't feel like a bunch of people really matters. It would be uncomfortable. It'll be probably hotter than 85. You're right. It'll get real hot in here real fast. But that's what's crazy about air conditioning is we have the decision to set the atmosphere in the room. We have an opportunity with air conditioning to set our own atmosphere. And when we go to that thermostat, we set it to what we want it to be. And we have an expectation in that thermostat to do its job. Am I right? So similar to the things of God, we need to start setting an expectation to receive from him. That when we come to the God, the creator of the universe, the one that created you, me, the birds, the trees, and everything in between, he knows exactly what we need. Amen? So if we come to him knowing that he will give those things to us, then therefore we shall receive. Amen? What did I talk about before we even got service started tonight? Matthew 7 talks about those that seek will find. Those that ask will receive. Those that knock, a door will be open. And also what's amazing, I didn't even talk about it all, but, but, but Lewis was talking about how we can't have a closed hand. But what's beautiful and amazing is that God always has his hand open to us. His hand is always open to us, but we have to understand that it is open and that we have to go and receive what he has. Amen? It takes an action on our part. When it comes to setting an atmosphere of a climate in the room, I still have to go and do something with that thermostat. I can sit here all day long and say, there's a thermostat in the room. It's gonna get cool eventually. But if I never go and set the expectation of the climate that I want in the room, it will never happen. So we, much in the same way, get to do that with our God. We get to come to him with requests and and, and understanding, knowing who he is and what he can do for us. Now, it's not all about what God can do for us, but at the same time, he's a good God. He is a father and he wants to provide for you. And I'm not trying to make it sound like God is like your magic genie or anything like that because that's not how it works at all, you know what I mean? But, But he does want to take care of you. You are his creation. Why shouldn't you be the very best at what you're supposed to be? You know, Ephesians 2.10, we talk about all the time, it says that you are now a masterpiece from what Jesus has done. He, he, he predestined you for good works. When you accept him 
as your Lord and Savior. You are now a new creation. You are something that never was. And now you have a greater purpose for your life because of the work of Jesus Christ. Now we have an expectation. If we have a predestinated thing that God wants us to do, I'm gonna go to him and figure out what it is that I'm supposed to do. I'm gonna go to him and figure it out that is what I need to do to be better at what I'm supposed to do, amen? So much like this woman, if we travel back and see what happened here, it all started with a thought. It all started with an expectation within her own self. It says over here in verse 28 out of chapter five, it says, for she said, if I even touch his garments, I'll be made well. Because the verse before that says that she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in a crowd and said, if I even touch his garments, I'll be made well. So she had this expectation because she had heard about Jesus. And that's because that's what faith is. Romans 10, 17 out of the ESV says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now you can get faith in a lot of things from a lot of places, but the faith that is actually gonna do things in your life, the faith that's actually gonna cause miracles to happen in your life, the faith that's actually gonna cause you to be confident in this life comes through the word of Christ. These people in this time, they were lost and they were broken and they were without a savior. They were just out here on this rock spinning around in our galaxy and in our solar system and in our universe, just bumping around trying to do their very best. But now they had heard about this Jesus that was coming through their town. So this faith began to rise up within this woman about who she might be able to come in contact with. And when she established it within herself and she established it in not just a thought and not just an idea, but she started to put action to what she believed, that is when she received, amen? The book of James talks about faith without works is dead. Now, in context, that's talking about if you really are a true believer, then you're gonna start doing the work of Jesus. And that's usually like taking care of other people and making sure that they are well taken care of. But at the same time, I believe it applies all across the way. If you truly believe that God is who he says he is, then you will do what God tells you to do. Amen? If we truly are a believer in Jesus Christ, we will live and fall after and actually chase after what he has for us. Amen? Ephesians 3.20, I've been talking about this verse a lot this year because in January, that was kind of the memory verse for my family and our, our children, but it's just been kind of sticking with me because it's so beautiful and it's so amazing. It says, Ephesians 3.20, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So there might be people in this room right now and maybe you don't really understand the things of God. Maybe you've never really been around this before. And so you are having a hard time asking these things or you are having a hard time thinking about these things. But I'm here to tell you that this is a God of abundance. So even if you start to think of what you can ask for or what you can even think about you can receive from God, God is an abundant, excessive God, meaning he can actually top your expectation. But it starts with at least setting some form of expectation with him. We have to, within ourselves, purpose within us to receive from God. 
You know, this is something that, that, that it's not really in my notes, but, but it's something I used to say a long time ago, just at least try. You know what I mean? Like God's not asking you to be perfect. In fact, if he did, you would fail because that's what Jesus said. He's like, no one can do this. <laughs> you cannot do this. Like, like Jesus is the one, the only one that is perfectly able to follow everything that God wants him to do because he's Jesus. And we can't really live up to that same expectation. But through the help of Jesus, through the help of the Holy Spirit and God, we are able to get better and better at receiving and living out this life with him. Amen? It says over here in Hebrews 11.1 1, out of the New American Standard Bible, it says, Now faith is the certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen. And Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he proves to be one who rewards those who seek him. That word seek is back again. Those that come to him knowing that we are going to receive from the God of the universe. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him in that fashion that they come with an expectation to receive from God. Say, I'm gonna start coming with an expectation to receive from God. I want you guys to be divinely persuaded that God is who he says he is. And if you can be divinely persuaded that God is who he says he is, then that means God will do what he says he can do in your life. This woman that the issue of blood, she had been divinely persuaded that Jesus was her only option because it said that she had exhausted all other resources and it actually made her worse. So she knew this is all I got. He says that he's awesome. He says that he's a healer. He says he's a miracle worker. He says he's the way and the truth and the life and I want that life. And she set within herself an expectation and she put action to her belief, and that is what made her receive. Book of John 15, verse five through eight, and we've talked about this verse a lot the past handful of weeks because it's just so good. I highly recommend anyone, Book of John in general, it's pretty rad, but John 15 is just super good. John 14, 15, and 16, so, uh, 16, 17, they're all good. It's all really good, but John 15 is super rad. It's so poetic and so beautiful. I love the book of John, but it says over here in verse five, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So those that set an expectation in God, those are the ones that can be fruitful in the kingdom. And those that hold to their expectation that God is who he says he is and that God can do what he can do, says he can do, those are the ones that receive from him. If anyone does not remain in me, he's thrown away like a branch and dries up and they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me, if you hold to your expectation and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. I wanna prove with my life that I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now again, we're not asking you to be perfect because you won't be. You're gonna make mistakes. 
You're going to have tough days. You're going to have long days. You're going to have great days. But every single opportunity that we have when we encounter God should be an opportunity to receive from him. We have to have an expectation that when God wants to meet with us, he has something for us. Now, what's interesting is in this encounter with this woman and Jesus, there were so many people around Jesus. In fact, it said there was a crowd. And even when he asked the disciples, like, who touched me? They're all like, who's not touching you, Jesus? There's so many people around you. But it's interesting that only the woman that had the issue of blood, when she touched Jesus, she was the one that received a miracle. Now, I can guarantee just on probability alone, there was at least one other person in that crowd that probably needed a miracle. There was probably at least one other person that was bumping into Jesus that could probably get and need something from Jesus. But they didn't have the same level of expectation that that woman had. Their faith had not been built up in a way that that woman had faith in Jesus. So we have to decide that we are gonna be the ones that have faith in Jesus. We are gonna be the ones that have faith to receive from our God, amen? I don't wanna miss out. Say, I don't wanna miss out. In the book of Psalm, we're gonna end here, chapter one, verses one through three out of the ESV. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. Blessed are the ones that live out of the expectation of who God is. Blessed is the one that delights themselves in the words and the teachings of Jesus Christ. That word delight, when you take it back to the root, it just means that they take it as necessary. They see it as vital. It's not just like a, oh, that's delightful. That's very nice. No, it's like God has exactly the right words and they are mercy. They are fuel, fuel for my food for my soul. They are grace and they are comfort and they are provision and they are deliverance and they are protection. We see them as a help to us, as necessary and vital for our life. And it's those people, that hold to that expectation, that hold their ground, they are like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, and all he does, he prospers. We have to come to an understanding that when we plant ourselves in the expectation, in the words of Jesus Christ. We, we plan our, and we position ourselves that this is the truth. When we set that thermostat and say, this is the temperature, we've made a choice and we hold to that and we don't deviate from that. It's those people, when they are planted like a tree by living water. God wants you to be planted, expecting to receive from him. 
John 15 says that, that he, that, that we are the vine, or he is the vine, and that God is the vine dresser, meaning he is the one that we're supposed to be connected to. We is the one that we're supposed to have faith in, and Jesus there is then receiving from God all the nourishment, all the resources, all the sustenance, all the miracle, all the provision flows down, and we receive everything we could ever ask, think, or even dare to imagine. Say, I'm not gonna miss out on what God has for me. I have an expectation that God is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. I wanna pray for you real fast before we go tonight. Father God, I just thank you for every single person in this room tonight. I thank you for the calling on their life and what they've been created for. I pray, Lord, that right now, whatever it is that they need, right now in this moment, you're building that faith within them. Divinely persuade them that you are who you say you are, that you can do what you say you can do, that you are the promise keeper, that you are the friend, that you are the comforter, that you are the protector, that you are the deliverer. You are the mender of the broken hearts. So whatever it is that you need right now from your God, I want you to set that expectation that he's gonna give that to you right now. Now, it might not be in the same sense of the way that the woman did it where you have to touch the garments of a robe or anything like that, but I simply ask, wherever you are in this moment, from your heart to his heart, reach out with faith and receive from your creator. Peace of God is in this room tonight. Provision is in this room tonight. Love is in this room tonight. Acceptance is in this room tonight. Purpose is in this room tonight. I thank you. By faith, we receive that in Jesus' name. And before we go, I just want to make sure that everyone's right with the Lord. Maybe... You've been hearing about all these great, wonderful things that Jesus can do, and hopefully right now, faith is starting to grow. Faith is starting to build, and you want to live this abundant life that we've talked about. You want to follow after him. You want to prosper in all that you do. You want to be planted by the riverbank. You want to have have fruit in every season. If that's you tonight, The best way, the only way for this to happen is for Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, to receive him as that. Then grants you this righteous position. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he knew no sin and he became sin so that way we might become the righteousness of God. This righteous position cannot be earned. It's not warranted. It's not deserved. It's freely given. It's all available to those that want it and those that take it for themselves.